Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is August 13th, and our reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I want to begin in verse 9. Here's what Paul says. He says, you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. For if others see you with your superior knowledge eating in the temple of the idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weaker believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. Now, when we read this passage, it's it's hard really to, to make sense of it in our culture because we aren't dealing with food sacrificed to idols. We really never have a, a situation where we would be eating food in a temple. But let me give you a very practical and kind of modern example of where we would apply what Paul is describing here. And the best example I can think of is social drinking. So I went to a seminary where I was basically taught any drinking is completely off limits. In fact, in that denomination, if you were known to drink a glass of wine, even you would no longer be allowed to work for the denomination. And so through the years, I've just been trying to, to understand what does the Bible say about alcohol and and is there a place for it? And how do you how do you handle that responsibly? And basically what I've come to believe is that I don't think drinking is sinful. Now I think drunkenness is sinful. We have to be very careful to if we drink socially to do it very, very responsibly. And the truth is, alcohol has destroyed a lot of people's lives. So we need to be careful not to allow ourselves to be controlled or destroyed by anything. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So I want to be controlled by the Spirit. I don't want to be controlled by alcohol. I don't want to be controlled by marijuana. I don't want to be controlled by any other substance or person or behavior in my life. I want to live free. However, when I look through the Bible, I think the Bible actually gives us a green light to drink alcohol some. I mean, Jesus in John chapter 2 did turn water into wine for the sake of, of that wedding celebration. So I think we've got some freedom there. However, here's where we apply the passage. I wouldn't allow my spiritual maturity and years of reading and studying the Bible to free me to do something that could cause somebody else to stumble. So although I feel free to drink a glass of wine with dinner when I'm out with Tina, I am very careful not to ever drink even a glass of wine in front of a person or a group of people who I'm concerned they might not understand why a pastor or a Christian 
would be drinking a glass of wine. The last thing I want to do is to cause them to look at me and go, he calls himself a pastor, he calls himself a Christian, and he's drinking wine. And I can make the argument, well, there's nothing wrong with this, and I don't think the Bible says this is wrong. But what Paul is saying, listen, if you do that, you're allowing your more mature walk with God, your more mature understanding of Scripture to cause that weaker believer over there to potentially lose faith. And Paul says that that's the case if eating meat is going to hurt the faith of another believer, if drinking a glass of wine is going to hurt the faith of another believer, man, I'm never going to eat meat again. In other words, he's just valuing. Here's the bottom line principle, because there's a number of different ways, a number of different issues we might would apply this to. But here's the bottom line. Here's how we can summarize what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying people are more important than my spiritual freedom. I don't want to let my freedom in these areas hurt someone else's faith because they are more important to me than a dumb glass of wine. So I want to live in a way that strengthens and encourages the faith of people around me. It's that simple. So let's ask God to help us do that. Lord, This is a very interesting passage. And sometimes in our culture, we find ourselves in situations where we have the opportunity to do something or we're being invited even to do something that potentially could be misunderstood, that could potentially injure the faith of a less mature believer or could potentially hurt my witness with an unbeliever. God, in those cases, I want to be very careful, very sensitive to your spirit. I don't want to do anything that would become a barrier for an unbeliever or become painful for a young believer. I am free. I don't need alcohol or anything else bad enough to hurt somebody else. In fact, God, if I'm willing to hurt somebody else in the name of my freedom, I don't think that's freedom. So, God, I pray that we would exercise our freedom to do what is best, what edifies, builds up, and encourages people around us. God, help us to see people with your heart and through your eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope this helps. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you tomorrow.